Sugar with Armour, great music, Mansfield 103.2. I'm Tony Delahunty, and you're listening to our weekly show where our panel of locals discuss a range of burning issues right from the heart of the community. This is 103.2 Financial Management. In other words, watching your cash. And joining me in the studio as always, my sidekick Sid Pepper. Peter Jones is here as well, while joining us from Beaufont Financial in Mansfield. A very warm welcome to Paul Hyde. Are you feeling the pinch after Christmas? Are you thinking about making some investments for a rainy day? Let's find out with the best advice and opinions as 103.2 points to financial management. into Mansfield 103.2 points at you or points for you or points that you ought to have more money to save or you want to have saved more money. All those things we're going to be talking about in this program today because we're talking about you saving money and the ways that you can do it. In the studio, a man who saved a bob or two in his life, Sid Pepper, how are you? I've earned every penny. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about that. And the man returning, once uh, a very high-ranking police officer, now a man who's... What have you been doing over the last few weeks? You've been on holiday doing what? Yeah, I've been on holiday. Uh, I've been doing quite a bit of beating, you know, working my dog and doing that sort of stuff. It was beating. Uh, it's, it's when I take the dog out and we flush a few pheasants over the people like Sid, you know, the people with money who could afford to do the shooting. Yeah, you don't save money shooting. That's a very expensive hobby, but you can save money. Uh, well, one of the people who uh, advises in saving money is Paul Hyde, who's the managing director of Beaufort Financial. That's a financial management company. Uh, and you are, are, are a person who sets up things like pension funds, private pension funds, investments, ICEs, Pepsis, that sort of thing. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. We, we, uh, we, we help sort of people um, manage their money and make sure that it's in the right place to, uh, to sort of keep them in retirement uh, when they finally get there. Yeah, well, I'm there and he's really ought to be there. <laughs> and he's sort of been retired and uh, I'm, I'm fighting back. Do people think of, uh, we've got a, a youngish audience in, in, in this stage, now we've got older people listening as well, like me, um, do we think enough about saving money? I think it's it's quite difficult for the young because they've got so many other priorities early on with uh, things like mortgages or at least trying to get on the, the property ladder, um, cars uh, and, and children. It, it does make a, a big difference in terms of the mindset for the young compared to the old when, when, when retirement starts to loom. Yeah, So, but isn't there a stage when I, I always got it preached at me, my father always preached at me, one day you'll be old. I never thought I would be, but he was right. <laughs> and certainly in the early days, I didn't save enough. It didn't occur to me. I didn't probably think beyond the weekend. It's a really good habit to start saving as early as possible. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think most people's parents will tell them that, that the earlier they save, the better it will be. And, and it, it, is, it is good advice. Well, we've got a rich man in the studio. <laughs> yes. Sydney <laughs> uh, Pepper, did, when did you first start to save money? I never have saved. I've always lived beyond my means. No, but you're, you're doing all right now. You've got a big company, you're making lots of money, you're trading deals around the world, etc. You must have, you can't just have spent it all. No, I take the point that's being made. And it is a good thing to get into the habit of saving. But if you are working for yourself, the reinvestment is much better in yourself. So, in other words, uh, any spare money that there was was reinvested in myself or back in the factories or whatever, but back into business. So really you are investing, but you're investing in yourself, not into something else that you've taken advice on. So there's a little bit of difference for people who are self-employed. That's where they're going to continue to invest and hopefully sell out or retire in the normal way. 
But no, I, I would encourage people to consider saving, but of course you've got a difference at the moment, you know, with the amount of interest that one earns, it makes it harder for you to put uh, packages together, but also people are taking advantage of that because you've never been able to get a car as cheap as you are now. So, you know, it's very tempting to go and get a car rather than save for a car. Oh, that was very good. You could save money in buying a car now. There's another way of doing it, isn't it? Save money well, I'm, I'm, because I'm, I'm, if the interest rates go up later on, it'll cost you more to buy the car. I, I'm not here to sell cars on behalf of other people. I struggle with my own demands. I've seen it outside. Let's go. Now, yeah, our ex-policeman. When you were in the police, you were superannuated. You were forced to save, weren't you, Peter Jones? Yeah, that's right. It was something like uh, 13% that we were made to save. And I objected to it all the time I was doing it. But, of course, now I'm retired, it's like a dream come true because I've actually fairly well established financially are you uh, one of these people who are getting a two-third pension or something like that yeah yeah i mean it's not quite that but it was certainly uh, enough for me to live on and particularly with an old age pension i'm probably on as much money now as i was when i was at work do you enough companies look after people let's ask paul that question yeah uh, yeah paul paul you the first time we've had you in the studio paul hyde the managing director of both uh, financial i mean do companies look after their staff now some have been forced to more recently haven't they because the pension rules have changed I think there's two elements. Uh, one, one, unfortunately, is the demise of the final salary with company pensions that, that historically people have had, and certainly people retiring now have benefited greatly from. Um, due to the costs and other implications, that, that, that they really have sort of been closed down by so many of the large companies. Since then, the government at least has, has brought workplace pensions in, which means that there is a, an element of enforced pension savings for those who join those schemes. And all employers must have those schemes now. Uh, unfortunately, they, they do allow people to opt out, which uh, is probably not the greatest advice, but, but some people feel the need. So, Don't give anything away, Sid, on your own personal relationship with your staff, but do you, you've had to do that as well, haven't you? We've all had to do it. I think it's a good thing. Uh, it's very, very good, difficult to opt out of. The original original scheme, you could opt out and you never got in it in the first place and it wasn't taken up very strongly. And it was only when we were forced to do it. But really, it's a natural thing to do. I, I didn't think we were being forced into doing anything particular. It's a good thing to do and, and employees should be aware, you know, there is a pension pot growing for them because in a lot of instances, no, they take the wages and blow it all and make no... Uh, no reservation for saving so it's a good thing uh, you've got your own business so yeah that that, that can can apply i suppose that eventually if you retire you'll have somebody else run it or well, maybe i could run it while you retire or something like that well no it'll go down the neck but i mean somebody could run it or do you have a pension as well you personally I have a pension, yes, because it's... Uh, it's saves cash tax. Effect. It saves tax. It's, it's tax effective. You're trying to take the money it, away from the government. It's, it's, you're not trying to take money away from anywhere. <laughs> what you're trying to do is pay for the public sector that are enjoying still these old uh, schemes that they had. But, of course, that was just in defence of that, I think, in David's time, the, the, the police weren't particularly well paid, but part of the package was some good remuneration and some retirement benefits. It's changed a little bit since then. Why don't you, Peter Jones? You're a nice man. You're good for the community. You're involved in all sorts of political things as well. Why don't you give some of your pension back so we can get more policemen on the streets? Well, I'm already having to pay it back because my wife uh, was was paying into one of these pension schemes for years and years and years. And actually, the reward for it is, is virtually nothing. I mean, we're talking... A f- a single figure number of grand a year you know in her pension pot uh, so i'm actually helping to support uh, 
other members of the community. So what a good job you're doing. You are a nice <laughs> man. What a nice man you are. Let's come right to the beginning then. So take, take, take the young person who's listening tonight and thinking, well, you know, all right, maybe I could put a little bit aside. What's the best ways, Paul, to start putting money aside? I, I think budgeting is the, is the very important thing that most people don't do. And we always sit with our clients and the very first thing we do is sit down and look at their income, look at their expenditure and look whether there's areas that, uh, that they could perhaps slow down on or, or tighten up a little bit to create some savings uh, and I think most people at this time of year that's probably the thing they need to do first is, is, is sort of tighten the belts a bit have a look at what they're spending it on uh, and use that money to start getting rid of debt or any anything that's costing them um, beyond what they can afford now what, what you can afford assessing what you can afford but can be quite difficult because there's an awful lot of people nowadays which whether we like it or not who are still very much on the bread line if you're on the bread line and you you need the bread to eat you can't afford to save true so this it, it again it, it's all about the ability to change things and, and sitting down and looking at what you're spending your money on it is really important because clearly that nearly everybody will spend something that they perhaps don't need uh, and sometimes you have to buy as I say buy the bullet tighten your belt and look at where the money's going and, and whether there's a way of, of getting yourself out of that that hole that's that's rapidly growing give us some examples of things they don't need for instance Sid with his flash car or whatever something like that well, we, we, we all talk about it daily. Uh, I mean, if you look at the cost of drinking and cigarettes these days, uh, you don't need to stop doing much of that before you, you actually create quite a bit of money on a month-by-month month basis. There we go, fags again. <laughs> <laughs> Every time anyone talks about saving money, in comes the cigarette situation, Sydney. Well, no, what's wrong with that? I mean, basically, you have to evaluate your own lifestyle. Uh, I think when people investigate, certainly the standing orders of direct debits, they'll have forgotten that they're in this society or they're paying into this or they've got a sky package that they don't really want so there are lots of things that really need to be sat down looked at and if they can manage without it that money that's being used can go to a different purpose which is what's being suggested isn't that though mainly the area the sort of niche area of a different sort of advisor paul somebody who can look at whether it for a business or whether it for an individual have you you know have you got the right sky package are you are you in the the right energy band are you doing the right sort no. of things those sort of areas can save a lot of money he's saying no, no but you I go first I wasn't Paul. talking about that you, you go you go first Paul I mean yes you're right those sort of areas can it's not an area that I specialise in but but there are certainly people out there um, and the Citizen Advice Bureau certainly are one of those that are very very useful to approach because they deal with this on a day to day basis um, and it, it is worth looking I mean, and Sid's absolutely right there, there are a whole range of areas where you can cut back and, and sometimes it's important to do that before you get yourself into real trouble. I don't think he ever made a cut in his life. So there we go, Sid Pepper will be talking to you in a moment. We'll have more on this. How can you save money? Do you want to save money? Should you save money? Of course you should, but do you want to? More after this. Listening to Mansfield 103.2 points for you and we pointed to somebody who's upstairs in our newsroom doing a bit of late work. So uh, this evening we've got Zach Bamford who's a, a student on work experience. I talked to him about saving. Uh, I, I imagine you're not in a position really to be able to save, are you? Um, not really, no. No, I've got a, a job on the side which lets me... A job on the side of what? On the side of studying. On oh, the side I see. of studying which lets me um, live, to be fair. So all I can only live... By the money I've got, I can't really save anything. Everything I have goes straight out, pretty much. Do you save by doing it a different way, by uh, maybe walking rather than getting a bus or things like that at times? Um, 
I would do, but I walk everywhere anyway. I, I, oh, you're a lot of users. Yeah, I know, you're yeah. I mean, program, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, and I've, I've worked during weekends, so I don't really get to go out that much. So, so you don't go out with girls, that'll save you money. Well, I've got a girlfriend, so I don't save that, that much money. Can you get her to pay? We, now, we, there's we, a point for you. Do, do, do young men now save a lot more money because both men and women sort of share the account? Um, you're not paying for me when you go out. She, she pays a bit as well. Um, I suppose, and if she probably actually saves me money because if I wasn't with her, then you'd be I'd out. You'd be out on on the on the yeah, chase. Yeah, yeah, pretty okay, much. Fine. Oh, that's been a great deal of help. We're back to you, Joan. Did you, when you were courting, um, we're going back many many years. It doesn't matter which girl, whether it's a wife or whatever. Did you used to sort of share the bill to save the money? No, 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 no. I was a bit of old fashioned. It was me that was. If I'm taking somebody out, it's me that pays for it, uh, and and that's always been the case. It's, it's not so much that nowadays, apparently. It's Sydney, what, what about you? How would I know? Uh, you've, been, you've been out with ladies in your life. You're a happily married man. What's the, what's the situation? I don't think he's got any relevance to this programme. Well, it doesn't matter whether you think there's any relevance or not. Did, it, did you share the costs? Of course you don't share the costs. I mean, it may be different now, uh, but the world is different. I mean, women didn't used to have to work. They have to work now just to balance their home economics. And if they're working hard, why should they not enjoy or share the costs? But that's a different issue, surely. Paul, do women, are they better savers than men when it comes to actually putting money with you in Pepsi's and Nisses or a personal pay? Are they, are they you know, wiser? Uh, frequently you find that that is the case uh, and I think it's it's still a bit of the, the, the going going back to the old school way that the, the, the women does tend to be the sort of homemaker um, therefore they're much more aware of costs and expenditure and, and, and future need um, whereas men tend to, to sort of relax a bit and, and let things happen around them uh, that's changing there's no doubt that that as women and men are both on equal opportunities and equally working and, and, and quite frequent women now earn more than men that that's, that's probably changed a bit over the last uh, sort of 10 or 20 years but th- there is definitely a case for people retiring now where, where, the, where the, the, uh, the female of the family tends to be the, uh, the saver Sid touched on it before you know low interest rates and that sort of thing from, from ordinary savings point of view the bank building societies etc must be very difficult if you were, were wanting to convince somebody to do that or go into ISA I've seen some figures on some pretty dreadful turnarounds of ISAs over the last few years and Pepsi's tax free but tax free with no gain what do you think? It, it, it is a genuine problem for savers uh, at the moment that the deposit rates at the banks and building sites are very, very low. Uh, and there's a number of reasons for that, which I, I won't necessarily bore people with because uh, some are political and some aren't. But, um, yeah, it, it's difficult. The main thing is that everybody needs an emergency fund um, built up if they can. And, and that's a fund that will at least give them some breathing space if somebody stops working for whatever reason. Uh, and typically we try to suggest to people that's about three months of expenditure. So whatever it's costing you to live on a month, by month basis ideally you need three months of that put away and if it happens to be in cash even if it's on a, a relatively low level as long as you can get to it quickly it's quite important so th- th- there is there is a, a difference to be had between just saving and then then saving for, for emergencies yeah and importance of money under the bed almost i'm not suggesting anyone keeps the money under the bed but having that little fund i spoke to somebody the other day who'd lost their job and i said what are you going to do he said well fortunately he had some money put aside to give him to buy him time if you like to look for another job rather than suddenly not being 
being able to pay the mortgage and all those sort of things. Absolutely. It, it, hugely important um, just to have enough money to ride out a, a short-term problem. Uh, it could be illness. Uh, not all companies automatically pay you when, when you're off ill, for instance. So a serious illness could, could mean you lose everything if, you, if you're not prepared. It, it is quite important. Yes, it's really only banks that's not offering very much money uh, on loans. But the point being is this is what's forcing people to go to uh, loan sharks. And 1,000% is not unusual. And I really can't get my head around why anybody would sign up to that. That just goes to show either the ignorance that they are in, no disrespect meant, um, or they just find it easy to do that. But once you're into that cycle, you'll never get out of it. If you can find enough money to repay a loan shark, and they're not all knock on your door ones either there's plenty advertised on the tv they make it seem so easy but that's what you've got to really shy away from you've got no chance once you're in their hands peter jones and what i was uh, surprised about sid was i walked past one of these big uh, furniture type places and they were offering there i think it was something like 60 odd percent uh, interest that they were charging on uh, yeah. actually a loan to buy some furniture and I saw one that, that, that was a proper well-known place and it was something like 120% interest they were charging they have I mean, to show it they yeah. have to show it and it doesn't put people off does it no no I was amazed that people were still walking in and actually ordering a, a settee where you were paying 60 odd percent interest on it but they're making it affordable so we're getting away from this time when you used to have to save to buy okay I understand uh, the younger generation it's difficult to to, to budget to actually save but it's something you've got to think about doing because otherwise how do you ever get on the housing ladder and because you're paying more money in rents than you ever would for a mortgage so you're trapped aren't you you're trapped once you're in rented you're paying over the odds once you borrow from one of these stores which we can't name you never get out of it do you no. ever no. ever paul how do you do any business when nobody's got any money so <laughs> sure it's very difficult I, i'm just just following off sid's comment over may um unfortunately i think we now live in a, in a world where we have a you know, the must-have society, and and keeping up with the Joneses is 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 rife. Um, it has become a real issue, and I hear it day in day out when I'm dealing with clients. Is is so and so and so and so has bought something. We must have it, and even if they haven't saved for it, they will go out and buy it, and and, and at any cost to a degree, just just to keep up with the people around them. And it's it's a real sort of modern problem that needs dealing with. And can uh, I bring Zach in on that? You know, keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, did the uh, Zach Bamford, uh, work experience student, did Mr. and Mrs. Bamford have to try and keep up with the Joneses because Zach wanted the same brand of gear? that somebody else in his college or school had? Uh, probably, in a way, yeah, because nowadays it's all, everything's shown on TV and you, you see, you're brought up with it and you see everyone else in the playground has it and what have you, but then when you grow up you start to see how silly it all is, really. Have and, you started to see how silly it all is? Absolutely, yeah. When and the boring YouTube must be... I know, I know, I know. She decides you want something for Christmas. Well, I'm sorry that I've set such a high standard. That's that's the thing I feel embarrassed about now. Why have you set such a high standard? Because I'm a Jones, aren't I? So you've all been trying to keep up with my standard. Oh, no. Uh, you're listening to Mansfield 103.2. Lots more to, to come in the programme. We're talking today about saving money. Can you save money? Do you save money? Or what did you save money in? Was it worthwhile? Or... Will it be worthwhile in the future? Paul Hyde is with us. Let's talk about the future just for a moment before we take the break. If somebody has the choice, new sofa or £300 put in a bank or well, building society somewhere where there's, there's better interests, which should they go for? 
I think there's no easy answer to that. It's sensible budgeting. Uh, it's all um, right back to start. So it's all about your income and expenditure. It's about how much money you've got extra above what you need on a day-to-day basis just to survive. If you have a lot of it, that's fine. It's wonderful. You, you can buy what you like and you're not going to run into too many difficulties. Unfortunately, not everybody's like that. So sometimes you have to decide what's important. And if putting food on the table and paying your bills is important, then no, you, you don't go and replace you know, a sofa with a brand new one just because it looks a little old. Um, what you do do is, is, is you wait, you say, you put money aside, you wait until it's affordable to you uh, and isn't going to cause you future problems. And, and as Sid said, you certainly don't go out and look at these places that charge you hundreds or thousands of a percent of interest because it just makes it completely difficult to ever escape that trap it's it's frightening really but yes i think more or less it's the older people that can begin to think about saving but there's nothing wrong with a forensic analysis of what you actually spend and 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 this is what this is the service that is provided really analyze what you committed to do you still need it if you don't need it take that away because you must think about putting stuff to one side you've got two things to think about you've got your retirement but also as has been pointed out you've got to have something for what we used to call the rainy day problem. And the rainy day problem. Have you got it? Oh, did you have it? Did saving get you out of it? Or did saving make it no better? More on this right after these. You're listening to Mansfield 103.2 points at you. And I think I'll point at Sid Pepper for a moment because one of the savings you're probably making at the moment is you're not paying a UKIP membership anymore. Has that got anything to do with a, a certain rather good-looking young lady who is uh, no longer romantically inclined with the, nothing, the nothing, current UKIP leader? <laughs> nothing or to do with my Rachel. Or is going to be or may never be again, whatever. Yeah, what's happening? Nothing right? to do with Rachel. Uh, who, Rachel who? My partner. Oh, well, you, you, I mean, you might be together, but <laughs> that's, that's really relevant. What is relevant? Are, are, you, are you still a youkeeper? No, nope, no, nope, I've resigned uh, long before uh, this present debacle, which was just typical of the previous leaders, the previous leaders, the previous leaders. It's been shocking. Uh, we needed a choice from the two-party state. I thought UKIP was going to provide it. And, and did so in 2015-16, which our zenith period. I thought we were really on to something, but then we managed to contrive to ruin it. But what that's got, what that's got to do with saving money? Because membership, you you mem- membership of a political uh, party is £25 a year, uh, so it's not going to really break the bank, is it? I think you should be connected with politics, by the way. And uh, membership is, uh, if you feel inclined, uh, is a must. So who are you going to go in now? I'm not sure where this programme's going. No, it's going to, where are you going to, you know, save the country or whatever? What are you going to do? I'm no, to no, 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 no. Are you going to tell us where you're going had, to go in now? No, I'm not. Okay, I fine. Had, we'll move on. We'll I have a chance. Stop trying chance. to hijack the programme with your political interests. No, you brought it up, not me. <laughs> We're talking about savings, Cindy. I was just trying to say you saved a bit with well, you. He's now no longer having to pay for his whatever. Yeah, he's not paying for it. <laughs> I don't know. Is he? <laughs> we must get in that area. Talking about about, about about saving yeah let's try and get on a positive uh, situation then uh, i always use our, 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 our we can't take any money off him because he's he's sort of studying it is zach bamford but uh our, our producer for youngish years but much talented uh how should he start saving what would you if you went to see him maybe i might be paying too much if you went to see him but um, <laughs> uh, what, what were the first thing after you've done this sort of look at him look at the menu of, of, of what he's got and that sort of thing or not got yeah what would you do well as you might say the first thing we do is establish um the ability to save and and, and maintain lifestyle the next thing we do is establish what a future lifestyle might look like and and cost that as well so we can sort of 
work out where the savings need to be put, whether it's short-term investment, whether there's a medium-term, or whether it's a retirement plan that we need to start working on, or, or a bit of all of that. Um, it's not just a case of putting all your eggs in one basket. It, it really is a case of, of, of going to different areas, different tax planning, and, and planning between now and, and when you, you plan to die, whenever that may be. But, a low-ball uh, question coming in. He's got a Mansfield Town season ticket. Can you save a few bob there and stick it in an ISA or a pet? It's, it's it's an interesting question. I mean, I, th- I think uh, you know one, one that John Radford would be interested in hearing. I'm sure, but uh, whether 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 um, saving po- possibly if they don't go up this year, who knows? It's uh, oh yeah, yeah. okay, fine. But seriously, it, 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 everything costs money. Uh, but you're saying a segment of it should go away. But there is also a, a sort of re- re- legislation which only allows you to, in some areas to save so much, isn't there? There is. I mean, there's a number of saving areas, and this is this is where a good financial advisor will help you. That um, they will be able to explain to you what what the options are. And we've we've touched on ISAs earlier, and there are now two or three very distinct different ISAs. Um, you can put up to twenty thousand pounds into an ISA, which gives you a tax. An ISA is a. Well, everybody's going to know what an ISA is. Yeah, it's, it's an individual savings account, uh, and they come in two formats. One is uh, very much like a bank account or, or, or cash savings account, or alternatively, you can put into stocks and shares. But it's an environment where you can save and not pay tax, which is uh, which is quite useful, unlike many of the other areas. So putting it in a bank account, if you earn enough interest, you can end up paying tax on, on that interest as well at the rate that you actually pay of income tax. Do you take a risk when you go into an ISA? I suppose you do if it's a, it's a stock market ISA. A- absolutely. There's always a risk in the stock market. Uh, the longer term benefits tend to far outweigh the returns you get on cash and if anything in the longer term cash can be quite dangerous because historically returns from banks and building societies haven't outweighed inflation and therefore there's a real cost or a real loss in terms of your investment about putting your money in a bank um, so stocks and shares are really important to look at for investment because you can get better than bank building society returns and more importantly better than cost of living increases returns when I was in the Navy we, we had a financial advisors visit the ships and they would tell us that, uh, uh, that one of the areas we could go into was stocks and shares unit trusts in those days and there was an American side of that as well uh, some type of fun there but the, the, the big question was what area of risk would you want to take how far so it's not necessarily wrong to go in stocks and shares it's just the level of risk you, you would take is it yeah I mean, the, the risk you take is very much a personal thing and and then if you go to a good financial advisor they'll explain what risk means how that affects you and and look at what you're trying to achieve now depending whether it's a sort of three year or five year or 20 year term that can have a very different effect on, on the way in which you you consider risk uh, the longer you've got the less risk that's inherent in, in stocks and shares because although they go up and they go down they tend to on average continue to go up over a longer period which, which can give you a much better return but it is an individual thing it is down to the risk you're prepared to take as an individual and more importantly how much you can afford to lose if, if it's your last pound and you can't afford to lose it absolutely do not take risk if you're a wealthy man that's a different situation because you can afford to lose money to speculate to, to, to make that grow Let's suppose Zach Bamford, our work experience student here at university in his first year, gets left a lot of money by some ancient American who uh, lived in this country many years ago and has traced an inheritance uh, all the way down and he's been given £10,000. He decides he's going to blow £5,000 right away, taking us all out for a, a nice weekend somewhere or whatever. But the other five he's decided he's going to put in something and he's going to lock it in there and keep it in there until he's maybe five years' time when he's married or ten years' time or whatever what would you tell him to do nowadays 
Well, as I mentioned earlier, there, there, there is a new ISA that's come out, uh, and two of them, a home, home buying one and a lifetime ISA. Now, depending on, on, on whether there's a property already involved and whether he owns a house, these are quite good because the government are currently giving a bonus back for investment made at some point when you come to buy a property. Now, it is quite tight. It has to be a house you're buying and a solicitor has to be involved in, in claiming that bonus but it is a great place to be and, and, and a wonderful thing for, for young people to invest in at this stage but can he do that now i mean he's, he's got a little bit of an income from a bar job and he's at university he could, couldn't go that route yet could he yeah you, you, you can put put start putting some money away and in fact the government give you a 25 percent bonus of whatever whatever you put away how long um, how long how, how many years from now does he need to buy a property by well, that's, that's the case of how much he's saving, what the property he wants to buy, and that would be part of the planning process. Uh, I mean, clearly, he can only buy a property when he's got enough cash to but actually. But he can put that five thousand into that fund now, can he? A portion of it, yeah. He can, is, is, there's a maximum they can put in, and five thousand's a bit beyond that at the moment. But, uh, but certainly over a two-year period, he, he could invest that, and, and then that money would go towards a, a, a savings account, which the government would give a twenty-five percent return on when he comes to buy a, a property. Yeah, home ownership is what it's all been about. Historically, that's what one used to do. That's what was one brought up to do. Uh, but it's been coming increasingly harder now because people need these other bits and pieces on top of a house. But when you look at a budget, you're looking to budget your income. How do you best use your income? Of course, there's another way of looking at this thing. Go and increase your income. That's another way of doing it. And so, Paul, I'm banking on my premium bonds and national lottery ticket to making me a fortune then. Is that not the best way to save then? So, unfortunately, with interest rates reducing, then, then one of the, the downsides of that is the returns you're getting from such investments have also reduced, and equally, a bit like the National Lottery, the, uh, you're, not, you're getting a lot less wins per person with the premium bonds. I won um, on the premium bonds. It was about 20-odd blooming years ago. I've still got some. I got 25 quid. I was ever so chuffed. Uh, but I've, I've not met anyone since that's ever won on the premium bonds. Is anyone in this studio? One, two, yeah. three, four, five. five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have. How yeah. much did you win? £25 a time. But I've won perhaps five or six times. So you've got quite a few of them, have you? How yeah. many thousand premium bonds? You, uh, don't, you better not give away your personal no, fortune. Quite. Uh, no, quite. No, ex-cop, I'm not likely to go on no, radio I'm, I'm, and say, hardly, I've got I'm all this money stashed away. I'm hardly old ladies to be sending in checks <laughs> for your welfare and things like that. I don't want that to happen when they realise that you hadn't got that many premium bonds. Have you got any premium bonds? No, but they're a good thing. Like I said before, earlier on... Anything's I'm better ne- than now. I no, think that's no, what Paul no, would no, say. No, I invested in myself and, uh, and still do. Do a lot of people... Are you, do you get that attitude from quite a lot of people I'm investing in myself it's almost like we, we had a conversation on one of these programmes not very long ago about A-levels and suggestions of what A-level students did and one thing a, a, a tutor said was that do something you're interested in don't go for one that you're not interested in so when you've got a, your own business like Sid has you're interested aren't you you have to be I think there's a very different approach, uh, a different mindset between people who own and run businesses and people who are employed. Um, in terms of investment, most employees are not going to automatically reinvest within the companies they work in because they don't have that vested interest. So that becomes a much more personal thing. But in Sid's case, or, or my case, then yeah, reinvesting in the company, you build a bigger company, and hopefully at some point that that returns the dividends that you've put for the work you've put in. Sure, there's an argument also when we, when we, we were talking about Zach, you were talking about putting money for a house there. If somebody's inside a business and they can save a bit and they're thinking, well, one day I would like to have my own barber shop, say they're a barber or something like that, there's a good reason for saving as well. And maybe 10, 15 years on, that could be that that chance to run the business they want. Absolutely. Well, there's two issues there. I mean, given, given the time period we're currently in, um, there'll be a lot of companies who have been feeling the pinch over Christmas with corporation tax payments 
uh, and bills settled either at uh, 31st December or worse, their personal tax bills, they're about to be settled at 31st of January. Um, oh. and, and, and yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of people will not have saved for that. They will not have put that, that, that money aside. So at this stage, there will, there will be quite a lot of nervous people out there thinking how they're going to find the money to pay off the, the revenue for the bills that they've, they've got over the last 15, 16 months. Um, and that's the that's the other side of running your own business, of course. But but you're right. If if you can invest, if you can put money together, if you can get ahead of yourself, then it gives you opportunity to to continue to make money through internal investments, whether that be improved property, whether that be expansion of business, other business opportunities. Clearly, you know, saving is, is a good thing. Yeah, the ability to be able to budget, whether you've got your own business or not, is irrelevant. You have to be able to budget. You have to understand your income and your outgoings. And, and you don't need to want to have to pay fines January the 31st. That's the. Thank you. Very much all, yeah, you. I noticed there was another grimace on you. No, no, I'm sure it was all done. No, uh, yeah, um, I, I could have that problem as well, but then I could always borrow it from you, Sid. Uh, we'll have uh, a little bit more of this in just a moment. We're talking about saving on Mansfield 103.2 points for you. And in the studio is Paul Hyde, who's offending uh, all sorts of questions and a few suggestions. Uh, he's the managing director of both financial and financial management company. One of the things that I, I think is intriguing nowadays, you know, we, we, people are living a lot longer. Yeah, people are living a lot longer, medicine, etc., and so on and so forth. Uh, there are problems in, in living longer. Uh, eventually, you might need to, to go into care etc uh, and uh, Sid is one of the people who quite rightly said you know having a house getting on the property ladder that's been the thing to do etc but you know old people on the property ladder at the other end of it oh if they go into care the government's taking it back off and that property's used to, to actually fund it so you know there, there's another area that needs to be looked at and one of those areas I, I imagine you come in, become involved in is trusts and things like that where people can secure where their money is looked after and, 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 and make sure that the money that they may have saved is looked after in a proper and appropriate way and doesn't just go to the government is that right? Absolutely. Uh, it's, a, it's an area that, uh, that we certainly get involved with. We tend to bring um, solicitors in there to, to do that because it's an area they specialise in and not an area I do. But but you, you're absolutely right. that There is a, a, a lot of positives to be made from, from using trusts and getting money outside of your state sooner rather than later. Uh, the only one you need to be aware of, though, if it comes to care homes, is if the local authorities believe for whatever reason that the money was moved out of your state for the sole purpose of avoiding care home fees they have the ability to reverse anything you've done going back as long as they like so it needs to be done soonest rather than latest yeah in, in t- terms of planning it, it certainly needs to be done before any frailty or illness starts to show because once that's in place then then you're going to struggle to argue that you didn't know at some point that you might need uh, the care so do you do you have well, we talked no, we're talking about people preparing for the future there but do you have many young savers or are they not your if you like target market because you're in business to do business sure i mean we we don't turn anybody away um but historically you don't tend to find that the younger people do have a lot of money we have clients that that, uh, that do save um and and they tend to be in the 25 <coughs> plus bracket it all comes down to where we started really which which is what are their their first needs? What are they what they're trying to do? And more frequently, the first thing they try to do is is get on the property ladder, and that's got more and more expensive recently. And if you look at the sort of money you now need to to get a deposit together, to pay the fees, a stamp duty, whatever it may be, um, it's not an insignificant amount. Uh, and, and a lot of the younger people are really working hard towards that initially. And then inevitably, what comes along is marriages, families, and they're not cheap either. Um, so it tends to be people more into the sort of mid thirties that 
come to talk to us who, who've suddenly got through that and are now moving to a position where their incomes increase through employment or, or, or they're more stable uh, and then they start to come and say right okay now i'm in the next stage of my life i need to start saving i've i've, I've, I've spent up we are where we are let's put some aside let's start planning and then let's see where we go isn't it a quite frightening thing that uh, if you save so you can have your own house and then you get old, then you have to sell it so somebody can care for you. It's, it's not nice, is it? It didn't used to be like that, did it? It didn't. It didn't. And it, it is, uh, it, it's, it's become a, a real problem for, for people. Um, and, and we are starting to see a gap between the very wealthy and, and, and yeah, man in the street. It would pay you to be poor, wouldn't it, when you approach an old age? Yeah, you're not going to make that. And then you get to 40, and you get divorced, and then you have to start all over again. It's a cruel, cruel world out there, let well, me tell you. Well, you could save you. money by not getting divorced, couldn't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I see there appears to be some experience in the studio in matters of, of, of that nature. When you save, you need to know what your savings are doing. Do you guys do you keep people up to date? Absolutely. One one of the services we try to offer for everybody is that we at least review anything we're doing annually. And there's a number of reasons for that. Primarily, is is the investment you're in still relevant for you? Is the risk type relevant for you? Is, is it correct? Because that changes on a constant basis. Um, as a youngster with 40 years retirement, you can take quite a bit of risk because you can't touch the money for that 40-year period. If you're five years from retirement, the last thing you want is a 30-40% correction in the market, which you might not get back in time to retire. So it, it prolongs the period of time before you can retire. So it's really important to take regular advice. I bet you had some fun about the time of Brexit and the vote and that sort of thing, didn't you? Because everybody, well, not everybody, a lot of people, the Remainers said, stock market's going to be Christmas crackered, uh, the business is going to go down the nick, et cetera, et cetera. I took a look at the uh, the FT index, which shows you how high the market is. It's zoomed since then. I mean, but did you have problems at the time first? Um yeah, absolutely. The, the the belief was was all over the place with with, with clients. They, as with us, nobody really knew at the outset what was going to happen. Um, and even after the Brexit vote went through, a lot of the data that was coming out regarding investments was 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 difficult to decipher for your average man in the street, because a lot of it was down to currency shifts and not down to returns from stock markets. Um, certainly, the FTSE 100, which is so heavily invested in the US stock market when we saw a 20% correction of, of, of sterling against the dollar in favour of the dollar, most of that growth came out of a pure currency shift rather than the natural returns on, on investment. So growth at the moment, we should be glad Mr Trump came in, should we? He's the, he's the one that's helped us, is he? He's certainly not done any harm. Um, I think some of the political uh, decisions that have been made recently have, have, have certainly helped um, sterling gain a bit of ground again and, and, and the pound's got a bit stronger, which is uh, not a bad thing. You've got anything to say? I've, I've talked about Brexit, trying to try and let you in. Yeah, but it's a done deal, isn't it? The, the <laughs> it's not done. There's nowhere near a done deal at the moment. It seems to be all over the place, doesn't it? Yes, the uncertainty makes it difficult for businesses to plan. But what I can guarantee you is that there was no future in the EU. So it really didn't matter to me what was being said one way or the other. The EU is going to collapse. It's not a club we can afford to belong to. So you would have had a reduction in your income in any event. So it's a bit of a gamble. But, you know, Britain is strong and we'll be that much better for it. But 
when people are planning it's difficult you have to see where you're going to put your money Johnny did you ever go and see one of these people like Paul O'Reilly it was very nice didn't he I haven't even got a tie on he was very smart but not with people don't wear ties very often nowadays I yeah I did but I left it a little bit too late because I sort of started to look at my financial uh, uh, investments if you like five years before I was due to retire and that's too late because you know the advice you want has got to be when you're younger and you can actually afford to invest for, th for 30 years investing for five years is is leaving it a bit too late i would suggest listening to you paul you you talk people language um we we, we have used words like ices and things like that but you know not everybody is reading the financial times or, or even the the financial pages on the likes of the the daily mail or wherever you know do you talk people language when you talk to investors potential we, savers yeah we we certainly try um I, I, it comes down to what people want and where they are in, in, in terms of our client meetings and, and discussions. Are the um, simple savings plans is what I'm asking really. Are the simple savings plans with people like you that are tax effective as well? Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a whole range of, of, of ability to save and put money away from, from very short-term things, which are, which are your bank and bond site accounts, right the way through to some quite complex pension saving um, and, and offshore trusts that we can utilise. So when we sit down with people, it all becomes relevant to the individual, really, rather than, uh, than anybody else. But do you offer a, a free first visit? Absolutely, yes. So it's all, all meetings we always have, uh, and it's, it's for two reasons. It's the first meeting is to find out whether we can help people, but also whether they want to work with us. Because sometimes there, there is a little bit of pain involved initially with trying to get through the the, the, the planning process. So we talk about. Um, creating an income and expenditure schedule so we know what's coming in we know what's going out that's not always easy and, and most people don't actually know what they spend their money on so that can take some time and effort um, so we tend to at least get to there before we then commit to the next stage of, 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 of do you want to work with us well that's, well that's something we can recommend then isn't it you can absolutely do that well done you did that very well said uh Fiona, we'll be back on you're back on the horse again every week now are we uh, are we are we got you most of the time yes yeah 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 i'm here for uh forever now and that's reassured the audience yes. <laughs> uh, the program today was uh, produced by uh, Craig Priest uh, that was uh, uh, the man we're all trying to keep up with Peter Jones of the Joneses in the studio with me as always has been Sidney Pepper uh, well he knows an awful lot about money he's got most of it and uh, also in the studio was uh, Paul Hyde Managing Director of both Financial uh, whatever you do if you can save please do save if you can save and, and enjoy at the same time as saving do that as well. Bye-bye.